Welcome to the Just Bloody Post It podcast, the show for solo creative business wonders out there in the arena promoting your work on the internet. Social media platforms allow us to work from home and share what we know and what we sell for free. On our own terms, it's mostly magnificent, but it also means that we all have to become mini marketers showing up and talking about ourselves and our products. If that's out of your comfort zone, worry not. There is a whole industry that has sprung up to help you. Thousands of folks out there offering marketing advice, ready to take your money to help you grow a following and make sales. Hello. I'm part of it. And so is my guest, the authentic business coach, George Cow. But we'd both like to think that we are doing it a little better. I used to promise six-figure launches, you know, million followers, whatever. But now what I do is I only promise one thing. I mean, essentially, I promise my care. <laughs> like when I am talking to a prospective client or just in my posts, I say, listen, this is what I know. I, I, I promise my content, you know, I, I share just like you do, Helen, you share so generously with your content and people can see it. George has been coaching and mentoring small business owners for more than 10 years now, helping them to grow an audience in a way that's meaningful with achievable financial goals in mind. We chat about YouTube, why he's quit Instagram reels and tricky messages like how you're going to have to give up on the results you want from your marketing if you'd like to get the results you want from your marketing. But we started by trying to pin down that tricky word, authentic. Authenticity, essentially, here's how I want to say it. It's having no agenda when we do the thing we do other than we're we're enjoying a heartfelt expression of ourselves. Like that's authentic. You know, um, for example, I'm having fun with you in this conversation, you know, and I'm, I I enjoy our, I enjoy your company. And so when I am feeling into that enjoyment of, of connecting with you, then I'm authentic. Now, the moment I say, "Mm, I got to make sure Helen does this for me. I got to make sure Helen, uh, you know, signs up for my thing or whatever, then, then I, I kind of step out of the authenticity because I'm, I'm continually monitoring when is the right time for me to pitch you <laughs> on this thing, right? Like I, I'm not really listening to you. I'm not really enjoying our, our connection because I'm, I have this, I have this agenda. So when it comes to business and marketing, particularly, um, well, let, let's bit, talk a bit about authentic business because I, I talk about that a lot. Authentic business is um, finding a way to have that genuine, heartfelt enjoyment of expression in your in your business in your work every day, and that might be true if those of you who are, you know, um, creating a product or those of you who are doing a service, you probably feel that enjoyment when you are serving your clients or when you're working on the product. But my question to you all is, is it possible for you to find that genuine enjoyment in the other aspects of your business? I talk a lot about what I call joyful productivity. Uh, It's a mouthful, but essentially it's like, can we work today? I mean, let's say today I'm, I'm, um, 
doing some bookkeeping. I'm just going <laughs> to bring up a bring up a task that most of us don't like. Yeah, yeah, Yay. yeah. George, do you feel authentic in your bookkeeping? <laughs> I don't know. Right? Oh. You know, right? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how most of us feel about it. And but the question is whether it's bookkeeping or blog writing or making an Instagram post or reaching out for a client or following up with a client, whatever it is we're doing, is it possible to take a pause and go, this is my life. I could either do it with, uh, uh, you know, avoidance, resistance, annoyance, whatever, however we're approaching the task, or it's like, even if I'm doing bookkeeping, for those of us who aren't bookkeepers, some of you like probably love doing bookkeeping, but for those of us who aren't natural bookkeepers, can we approach it and say, can I bring some play into this? Can I bring some curiosity of, of what the numbers might be and what the numbers might express for what my, my larger calling is? <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever, like, can we bring a bit more spirit and, and life and joy and heart into whatever it is we are doing? Because this is our life. I mean, for all I know, I could drop that in the next second, hopefully not during this interview, but, but you know, like none of us know how long we have. So it's like, this is the quality, the quality of your life is right now. And so can we bring an authentic expression, whatever that means to us, because it has to mean something different for everybody. Otherwise it's not authentic, but whatever that means to you, your genuine heartfelt expression, can you bring that into this moment? So if we then talk, take that word now and apply it to marketing, right? Gosh, marketing, most of us think of it as a means to an end. Quite often when I'm talking to somebody about their marketing, their fixed goal is so strong that they can't enjoy, they can't enjoy the creation of the content. They can't enjoy, they can't enjoy putting it out there because the results are so important. How do we take that fixed result away? Because that means probably it's a difficult one because it means somebody's got to get into a longer game. They've got to put their results to one side for a while while they start telling people about what they do with no agenda in mind. It's a longer game. It's not quite so instantly satisfying, is it? Oh, well, there is one word that I'll bring into here, which is attachment to results or phrase. And there is um, this well-known quote that has moved me for a long time uh, from from the Bhagavad Gita about attachment and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna butcher the quote right now because um, but essentially it says you know we are we are we are not entitled to the fruits of our actions we are only entitled to the action itself and you know, and so therefore, if we understand that and we dedicate the action to the supreme with a capital S, whatever that means for you, uh, if we, if we dedicate this moment's action to the supreme, then we find, um, you know, essentially we find enlightenment or we find, uh, true, true profound connection to the divine, something like that completely paraphrasing it you all can look it up so i'll look i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna put it in the show notes and oh yeah, so yeah yeah i'll do it, i'll do that before we yeah it and it's it's guided my it's guided my life for the past um at least eight years I mean, I, i've been in business for thir- about almost 13 years now and for the first five years of my business i was just like you said attached you know fixed goal 
um, very much like, okay, this launch better reach this much money. And uh, this post, uh, any, anything I put out there better have this many likes. Or I'm like, I'm like, so uh, uh, connecting my, even my self-worth. That's the current state for, for so many people attaching the, you know, the measure of their success of what they're doing to those metrics. Social media is, uh, it, it's kind of rife with that, that feel. Um, and, and it, uh, and guess what? It's not like suddenly now I'm enlightened and I never do that. <laughs> right. I still, I still need to continually remind myself, Oh, wait, what am I, I, if, if I start feeling some sense of how come this didn't do so well? <laughs> how come this post didn't do as well as I hoped? Then I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I'm, I'm, if I feel any negative emotion to it, then I know, Oh, I've become attached again. And let me, let me move my, my mind and focus onward to the, the heartfelt sense of connection to my audience. And so, so here's what I would say what authentic marketing is. Ready? Let's talk about that. Authentic marketing in my, in my viewpoint is on the one hand, inner exploration and on the other hand, outer service. What I mean by inner exploration is with with marketing we have the opportunity to continually discover more so sometimes i say this marketing is the act of a business discovering its calling what i mean by that is uh, for those of us who think we're all supposed to be completely fully formed before we do our marketing <laughs> helen is that true for you you know exactly how everything is supposed to work. And he- it's where the idea of just bloody post it comes from, because <laughs> I have been, I have been a victim of this myself. So oh, many goodness. people I work with want the full package with a ribbon on top before they start posting into the universe. But it's through sending out messages and and seeing what comes back, seeing what information comes back from the people that are hearing them or reading them or seeing them or watching them. This is where you learn the answers. It's the only way. I think it's the only way, isn't it? That's why I love, I loved it when I saw this hashtag, just bloody post it. You know, it's like, yes, yes. Because if you think you're supposed to know everything about yourself and therefore your brand and therefore your message has to be completely fully formed for the rest of your life, what does that mean? That means, you know what it means? It means that you're no longer going to learn anything new. <laughs> about yourself you're no longer going to grow and expand and surprise yourself and that's really the fun of life right like we learn more about ourselves and really what we really want as we interact with the world well same thing with marketing gives us that opportunity to do that which is what you talk about all the time so in our exploration it's like when in marketing we get to explore hmm, what's meaningful for me today well, I think Instagram is particularly good for that, right? Like, what's meaningful for me to share today? I will often ask myself if I'm a bit stuck for content. And that same goes for a weekly email I send out or whatever. I will just sit there and think, what do I feel at the moment? Like, what's bugging me? What's playing on my mind? What What am I feeling right now? And quite often, those are the most resonant messages. That's a really simple and good question to ask. It's, um, and it's authentic, <laughs> right? It creates authentic content. And so this inner exploration of like, well, let me explore either what I'm, what's going on for me now, or let me explore what has been meaningful for me in, in the past, whether it's, you know, 
a peak experience I've had in the past that I want to talk about or, or, you know, or recently it could be long, long past or recent past, or it could be something going on in society right now that, um, that's connected somehow to my work that I want to talk about, that I want to explore. I want to explore, meaning I have no idea. I, I mean, I might have some idea, but I, I'm not going to attach the fact that this is, this must do well, or this must be fully understood by everybody who reads this. No, no, I'm exploring. And so the way, the phrase I like to use is public journaling. Public journaling is what, what social media in particular allows us to do. Blogging. That's what, exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. Inner exploration on one hand. And then on the other hand, it's outer service. So what I mean by that is, and Helen, you do this so well, you know, um, as I follow you on Instagram and on your podcast and stuff like, like marketing is also not only an opportunity for public journaling, it's also an opportunity to be of service, to be of uplift and benefit to anyone who comes across your message. You know, here's an interesting thing, Helen, is that the more um, successful your marketing is, this is weird for me to say this, but the more successful your marketing is, the lower your conversion rate will be. Uh, explain. Right. Okay. If you, your message is seen in front of 10 people, okay, let's say you, you, you manually email 10 people, one at a time. Hey, do you want to sign up for my service? You want to buy my product? You might, and then probably those are 10 friends or colleagues, somebody, somebody you know. You, you might get like one of them buying or maybe two of them buying. Like your conversion rate is like 10 to 20%. Okay. All right. Great. Next thing you do, maybe you uh, do an Instagram story. To say, hey, I'm really excited to announce this product, this service, and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and let's say you have, um, 30 of your fans, you know, Instagram story. You know, anytime we do stories, it's usually like the biggest fans who consume our stories, right? The biggest fans. It's filtered out by them. So let's just say whatever. For, for somebody here who has like, um, you know, 300 Instagram followers, maybe 30 of your fans will consume your story about your product launch, your service, whatever. And out of those 30, Maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe two of them, maybe one of them, one and a half of them will buy. I, I would say if that would be a good day. if it... Right. So maybe 5% conversion rate. You see what I mean? So like 5% conversion rate. Now, let's say you make a reel on Instagram and it goes viral about your thing. And now 3,000 people consume that reel or 30,000 people consume the reel. Who've never, many of them who, who, who don't know about you. Do you still, con do you still expect a 5%, 10% conversion rate? <laughs> no. Well, we, we might say, gosh, if, if 30 of them, if 30 of the 3,000 buy, that's a 1% conversion rate. We would be quite happy. And so, and, and if it's somehow something of yours, uh, one of your podcast episodes, one of your blog posts or whatever goes way out there and, and you know, 300,000, like I have some YouTube videos. Uh, I have, well, I have, I have like my Zoom tutorial is, has been seen by more than 2 million people. A Zoom uh, tutorial? Than, was that yeah, at the Zoom beginning tutorial. of the pandemic? Did yeah, you, it, it just, yes. I, I, I lucked into this, Helen. I wasn't planning. It was actually made in 2017, but it didn't suddenly go viral until 2020. But, but what I mean is like when your marketing is successful, you make an impact on way more people than who eventually buy from you. Like your conversion rate is so low, right? You don't expect a 1%, 2 million viewers. Do I expect 1% of those to become my clients? Of course not. 
right? Well, I expect way, way lower. However, my impact rate is way higher. So that's what I mean when I say outer service is that your marketing is making more of a difference in people's day than you realize, than, than who eventually work with you. So like we have to think about all those people who didn't even bother to click like, let alone buy something from us. And yet, as you probably know, Helen, I mean, you probably have heard from people who like, I think, you know, they'd probably even thank you for your podcast or your Instagram or whatever. And you're like, I didn't even know you followed me. You know, I didn't, right? Like, I didn't, even, like, they, they weren't a regular commenter, but maybe they messaged you or something. Uh, I would call them a lurker, somebody who's very switched on and connected with your content. Because I know because I used to be one, I would quite happily sit and consume content. It wouldn't actually have occurred to me to comment on somebody's Instagram posts. So I do hear from those people and I... Uh, and I really value them taking the, if that's the, their nature, for them to actually take the time to get in touch with you, wow, they really are connected with, you know, with what they've heard from you. So, you know, we shouldn't, it, so in fact, on that, on that basis, likes and comments and it could be from the same people every time and they could be from people who are never going to buy from you and somebody who's never liked one of your posts could be just waiting for the right time, have the right money in their bank account, awesome. be the one who refers awesome. you to a friend. Yeah, I was going to say there are at least two to three times the lurkers, at least sometimes five to ten times the lurkers than the people who engage with our content, like in terms of like or, or, or comment or share. Just remember that, like for every like you see, there's at least two or three others who were positive. Yeah. In fact, let's always be house. talking to those people in our minds, I think. Um, George, I just want to kind of hear a little bit more about your story, if that's okay. How did you get into sales and marketing? Is this something you've always done in your career or is it within the last decade or so? So I kind of stumbled on, on, onto it, actually, because I was... Uh, in the beginning of social media, I mean, you know, in the mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s, um, now 15 plus years ago, I started to help my friends and my colleagues with social media because I, I was, you know, eager to get on, uh, the bandwagon early on. Uh, I saw the potential. My gosh, this thing could really connect all, all, you know, kindred spirits all around the world. This is amazing. And, and because I got good at it early, I started helping my friends with it early. And then they started, you know, asking others to be helped by me. And then it kind of just went from there. So I'm really grateful. And, and that's probably true for some of you who are listening. Like you were doing something because you enjoyed doing it as a hobby. And then people started asking you from, or, you know, you, you basically from hobby to business, uh, sometimes it's, it happens that way, you know. You now are almost something of an anti-marketer. That's maybe not quite the right expression, but where do you think it's all gone <laughs> wrong? I mean, we all see these posts from people promising X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, in terms of uh, income growth, audience growth. What's wrong with this industry that we right. are both in? To bring back earlier what we said, you know, this idea of fixed goals or attachment to results that's the core of what has gone wrong in our industry is that um, people, they, they think of marketing as a means to an end and as a necessary evil. 
Okay. So it's like, I do marketing so that I can then spend the precious time doing my real work. When, like I said before, marketing is helping you understand yourself, your audience, and helping you serve lots of people who may or may never buy from you. And if your marketing is successful, many more of them will find out about you. And then, of course, you're, you've got more and more clients and customers. But what's gone wrong in our industry is people who completely just see the marketing as a means to an end and they say, Hey, uh, I can get you this many followers. Hey, I can help you make this much money by, by using, you know, cleverly designed sales funnels or by using certain psychological manipulation tactics, um, by, uh, you know, pretending to be what you're not really, <laughs> you know, and, and therefore, and, and they make it look so good. And when we are not grounded in the heartfelt place of understanding that everything we do is really a stage for our personal growth. And it's like, oh, when we're, when we're ungrounded and we go, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would like lots of followers. I would like lots of money. So then I can do my real work. I can really have a fulfilling life. If I just solve this problem of money and solve this problem of marketing, I can have a fulfilling life. Then we, we succumb. We fall. We easily get tempted by people saying, well, look, I have this many followers. Look, I have this much money. Look, I can, I made this people this much money. And so we succumb to that and we, we get, we get put into this funnel and the system that makes us buy this, buy that. And then they teach us to do the same thing to other people. Is it a tough sell for you? when you're not making promises about how much money people can make and how many followers they're going to get? No, it's a great question. It's a great question. You know, and, and in fact, um, I'll have to say I'm, I'm grateful, grateful to be able to say this. I had a waiting list of clients for six years, six years, and it's only grown a little bit every single year. And I'm, I'm grateful to say that my client, my, my list is full. And yet I have not been promising results for about eight years <laughs> because I used to, I used to do the same thing because I, that's who I learned from these big boys. You know, usually they're, they're boys, uh, you know, promising these big things. Now plenty of um, girls are doing it too. Um, but, uh, I used to promise six figure launches, you know, million followers, whatever. But now what I do is I only promise one thing. I mean, essentially I promise my care. <laughs> like when I am talking to a prospective client or just in my posts, I say, listen, this is what I know. I, I, I promise my content. You know, I, I share just like you do, Helen, you share so generously with your content and people can see it. If you, sh if you come across as being helpful and generous, people sense it. Never fear it. Never, never fear you. it. You know, it, it feels really good. If somebody just messages you and goes, thank you, that was really helpful. That feels great when somebody sends you a message like that. So do it for that reason alone. But also it just makes sense that ah, you've got to show people what you know, who you are, the kind of people. Otherwise, how will they know? So never fear it. Never fear giving away what you know and the, the things that you've learned. Never fear it. That's right. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I come, I'm, I show up consistently with my content. I try to display care in my content. And of course, I try to display care when I am messaging with others and talking with others. And just by doing that, and, and if you look up, I sell online courses. If you look at my online course sales pages, I'm not saying take this course and you will earn this and you will, you will 
I never, never, ever promise numbers, number one. I never promise numbers. But number two, I don't even promise like you will be successful once you take this course or whatever. No, no, no. But I promise this is what you, this is what this course aims to teach you is you're going to learn about this topic. You're going to learn about that method. You're going to learn my way. I often say this, Helen, I will teach you my way of doing it. Uh, George, I, I quite recently discovered you. Uh, through my friend Joe, Joe Ferrain, who shared um, a video that you had made about giving up on Instagram reels. You're like, guys, guys, I've tried these reels and I'm taking a break <laughs> from them, at least for now. Can you just explain your experience with Instagram reels and why you've, you've stopped? <laughs> yeah, I found my way of doing it. I found my way, which is to not do it. And, and some of you may really enjoy doing Instagram Reels. And please, if you enjoy it, if you're getting good results, uh, if you um, are finding that people are, are, are benefiting from it, please keep doing it. Great. The reason why I stopped doing it is because I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. No, um, of course, we all laugh at the fact that most many Instagram Reels are like dancing and pointing at things that are supposed to, like one, I'm not a good dancer. Number two, and maybe my, maybe my students would disagree. Um, and then number two, I, 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 I can't be bothered with video editing. So just like, I, I can't, but, but really the reason is because I did a study of my own stats for what's happening with my reels. And every time I made a reel, it would get seen by way more people than all my other posts. And you might pause at this point and go, well, George, that's why you should do reels because Instagram algorithm is, 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 um, emphasizing reels at this time because they're competing, uh, very, very, uh, stressfully, you know, anxiously with TikTok, right? Cause TikTok is growing so fast and Instagram and Zuckerberg are trying to like, oh, let's try to keep up and TikTok's taking people away. They're really offloading that anxiety onto their, their users, you know. They're making it super obvious to us that they're going to promote us if we just make more reels. And so I did, of course, I, of course, as a marketer, I had to try everything. So I, I made a couple, I made some reels and every time I made reels, I'm like, wow, thousands more people are seeing my stuff than my other posts. But then I asked myself, who the heck are these other people who are seeing it? I looked at the three second views of my reels. Okay. And they were the majority. So let me explain. The majority of people watching my reels were watching it for three seconds or less. Now, how do I know about that? I know about that because I look at the data in Facebook ads, man. I run Facebook and Instagram ads. In Facebook ads manager, you can create a custom audience of people who have viewed specific reels on your Instagram account. And you can therefore see, oh, this is the three second views versus the 10 second views versus the blah, 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 100 second, you know, 100% views. Long story short, because I run ads on Instagram and I'm always, I'm always doing two things. Primarily, I'm nurturing my warm audience, meaning people who have engaged with me before. I want to keep nurturing, you know, giving them good content. And so, you know, just to, to, to be a service, right? And of course, also occasionally sell what I sell. I'm, I'm continuing. But the problem with my reels is that a bunch of people are watching it for one second, two seconds. And what if they don't like me? I can't expect everyone to, to, to like me, obviously, right? Because we all have different, we all have a different energy signature. And there are, there are certain people who res resonate with our energy and other people who are repelled by our energy. Nothing wrong with us or them. It's just the match, compatibility in the world. That's it. 
And so I don't know if a bunch of people are being repelled by my energy. And if, if, if they watch it for one second and they turn it off, guess what's happening going forward? My Instagram warm audience ads are going to reach them. I'm spending money, precious money, continuing to reach the people who have engaged with my content because that's how warm audiences work. I can't exclude any of this is the problem. I cannot exclude the people who have watched three seconds or less. I can only exclude the people who have watched three seconds or more. No, no, that's a really interesting and really full explanation of why you have decided that's not a good use of your time and energy and money. There yeah. are. But thank you. No, that's really interesting. The other thing I want to talk to you about, because I don't think we've ever discussed YouTube on the podcast before. Oh, let's and talk again, about that. Yeah. it is a platform that I consume content on I do not share content on YouTube is that always and it's where is that where the biggest proportion of your online audience is it is to, to make it simple for everybody here's what I'm going to say about YouTube YouTube is the easiest way to do SEO search engine optimization on Google if you want to show up on the first page of Google quote unquote you know that we always hear that what that really means is showing up on the first page of Google for certain keywords. And people, you think of your potential clients, think of your potential customers, potential students. They're typing in something on Google to find something. And wouldn't it be great if whatever they're typing in related to your work, you could show up on the first page of Google, right? What's the easiest way of doing? Because SEO, you, you may or may not have that had that experience. I, I certainly have. SEO is hard. Google SEO is really, it's, it's, it's up there with accounting and bookkeeping for me, George. <laughs> yes. Um, it's very technical. I, I, I would definitely right. need to bring some more fun energy into SEO <sighs> in order to. SEO is, is a tough game. And, and the people who are doing SEO are very, very skilled technically and they're very skilled with research and it's just very competitive. Let me, let me tell you all, give you all an, an, an experiment here. Go to Google and search this phrase. Energy reboot. Energy reboot. And if you search energy reboot on Google, you'll probably at this time of this recording, you'll find my, my YouTube videos showing up at the very top of Google for energy reboot. Now it's only two, two, getting, getting ton, number one page of Google for, for, for a two word phrase is not easy, especially if it's not like a technical phrase. Energy is a fairly, you know, common word and reboot is a fairly common word. But I come up for that because I've been, because I made the video about energy reboot years ago. And well, now it's the one that's coming up on top of Google right now is from 2019. So three, uh, you know, almost three years old. That is right? the really attractive thing also about YouTube content is just the lifespan is so generous. Oh, oh, yes. I, it's, you know, it's, it's one of yeah. the reasons why I wanted to record podcasts is that you've got this v valuable content that people can keep coming back to for, for years that's right. going forward. Yes. Um, yes. which is the exact opposite of what I do on Instagram. <laughs> you know, once it's gone and it's, out there so and Helen, i'm going to just encourage you to to also put these youtube uh, these podcasts because we're we right now you and i as a lot, lot of you are listening to this but Helen and i are actually on camera right now but a lot of you don't see this you're obviously you're listening to a podcast so Helen, i'm going to encourage you to upload the podcast videos that you record to, to youtube as well because here's the here's a little tidbit secret if you upload this video and you make the title george cow you know, authentic marketing or whatever, you're, you're actually going to be found when people search my name on Google or YouTube 
they'll they'll find your podcast because how many times do I put my name in my po- in my YouTube the subject line in my YouTube video titles? Almost none. Almost never. So the only time my name, which is some people are searching my at least my audience, people interested in me, they're searching my name. They usually find some interview someone has done of me, and so that's like a little little tiny ethical hack. It's not a hack. It's just the <laughs> fact that you know. It's just it's fact not, that it's you know. not a anyway. hack. It's just it's a useful piece of information. It's and, a technique. It's about so, it's yeah. you know I am all in favor of making sure that your efforts go as far as they can. Oh yeah. You know if you're yeah. going to the yeah. trouble of recording something, quite often people will say to me, "Can I?" Can I repost this here or can I, if I've written something in my newsletter, can I share it on Instagram? It's like, God, yes. You know, I mean, you've, you've got to, you know, make, <laughs> yes, it go, yes, make, yes. make it go as far and wide as you possibly can, especially when it's the good stuff. I would like to just finish our conversation, which I could probably happily continue for another couple of hours. But for this time, on this occasion, we'll maybe reconvene. For somebody who is struggling with their marketing at the moment, like why is this not working for me? Why do I not feel good about it? Why are the results not coming? Because they will be thinking that. What is your best bit of advice for them to start doing now in order to turn that around? Let results be something you look at with some distance. Okay, rather than... I post this, you know, we all have this experience. Refresh, refresh. How many did it? Did someone like it yet? Did someone like it yet? You know, that's not a good, healthy relationship to social media or anything. So post just bloody, hashtag just bloody post it, number one. And number two, go do something else. Now, sometimes that could be to go and, and shake it off, you know, because sometimes I, I say this, post it and then get therapy. Because <laughs> a lot of us, once we post something, we have this kind of like, uh, hangover, like vulnerability hangover. It's like, oh my God, the thing is out there. The thing is out there. Go do something else. Go and, you know, shake it off. Go for a walk. Go, go do something different. Don't stay at the computer waiting to see if anyone liked it. Okay. Number one. And then, and then maybe after a day or a week or a month, you then go to the results, not just what was the last thing I did, but, but looking at the results of all of your recent posts and say, which one, which one did particularly well? And why do I think that one did well? And which one didn't do as well? And why don't I think it did well? It literally, Helen, you just made a post on that recently. I was just enjoying that post. Like you, you talked about which ones did well, which ones didn't do well. That's the right way to me of, of analyzing it. Give it some distance so that you're not emotionally charged by it. And then analyze it, analyze it from a left brain perspective to say, Hmm, why did it do well? And how can I do more of that in the future? Because obviously it's being an uplift. It's being uh, interesting, meaningful to others. I'm very much in favor of separating yourself from your work. If we were doing this marketing for a company that we worked for, we would not attach our self-worth at least as much to the success of an Instagram post or a YouTube video or a blog post. We would not. But yet when we do it for ourselves, we have a great deal of trouble making that separation sometimes until like you've been doing it for as long as us. And then we kind of, you kind of grow a thicker skin. Um, George, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you, Helen. It was, I love this conversation and I can't wait to share it with my people. 
I hope that last exercise might perk you up. Post, then walk away. Get some distance. You are not your post. The response to it says nothing about you and what kind of person you are and the value of what you do. A lot of what George talks about is not the advice most people want, but it's the advice we all need. Just start sharing what you love about what you do and what's so great about it with no expectation of what's going to happen next and see who responds. Take your cues from them. They will help you to develop better products that more people enjoy buying. And don't forget about the lurkers. I love those guys. Sue's the producer. Do you think that we need to start recording these shows as videos and putting them on YouTube every week to discuss? Before you go, a review of the show on Apple Podcasts always means the world. It helps other people to find us. Subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode and share Just Bloody Post It with your friends on Instagram, on LinkedIn, wherever. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time.